1: It is first strike right here on Visa. And I'm your host Dave Ross. For the next hour, we're going to try to find the very best value that we can find for you here. UFC Fight Night as we get ready for Islam Makhachev against Bobby Green on very short notice in a catchweight bout, and we'll get to all those particulars in a moment. Going to have Lou Finicaro join us as well as Jordan Sherwood and Reed Kuhn. But I'm here at Circus Sportsbook, and the man that sets the numbers behind us that you see here is Nick Kalikas and is kind enough to join us again this week. Nick, great to have you back. Of course, follow him on Twitter, as I do, uh, at uh, Fight Odds. You can find Nick Kalikas there. Nick, I want to take a look very quickly at UFC 272 next week before we look at this week's card, because I noticed up on the big board here at Circa, you've already had those numbers up for Colby Covington uh, taking on Jorge Masvidal. A rather big number here, over $3 right now, for Covington, are you already seeing action come in on this fight card? Because we know it's a big one whenever you have a pay-per-view.
2: Definitely, especially, and again, a price like this, Covington's ultra-popular. Obviously, Malzvidal is. A lot of people are coming in, parlaying Covington early on. So it's causing the line, I think, market-wide to kind of go up a little bit. And then straight action is going to come back in, obviously, on Vidal Ultra-popular, like I said. So I'm expecting that price to drop as we get closer to fight day. So
1: again, again, if you're watching this right now, listening to this, you might want to think about that, of getting the number on Masvidal now, because... To your point, Nick, it's probably going to switch in. The number will come down yeah. as that popular money comes comes in on Street Judas or Street Jesus, depending on <laughs> whether you listen uh, to Colby Covington or not. All right, let's get to this card uh, this week at UFC Apex right here tomorrow night, Saturday night here in Las Vegas with Islam Makhachev against Bobby Green. Now, this is a catchweight bout here because Green's taking this bout on short notice. Only two weeks. Uh, he was in the octagon just two weeks ago. and Looked really good in that three-round decision. Now he's going to take on Makachev here, the huge favorite here, $9 betting favorite to Bobby Green. The comeback right now we're seeing at 600 here. Again, catchweights are tougher, Nick, I think, to put out there. We know how popular Bobby Green is now, uh, and people are like, ah, it's great, he's getting his shine. Good luck going up against Makachev here at (laughs) 21-1, but you are the main eventer here, even if it is on short notice. What are you seeing so far in the action?
2: Long overdue for, obviously, King Green to get in there and get that main event slot. But uh, we are seeing Makachev getting bet up, of course. Straight action early on, around minus 600, we got hit. And then now parlays, of course, are coming in his way as well. People are not hesitating to bet Makachev. Even at that large number? Even at the large number, yeah. You're seeing market-wide, minus 800, minus 900. I mean, we're approaching minus 1,000, of course, out there as well. So... They all believe in what is kind of meant to be. Like he's the next heir apparent to Khabib, right? I mean, his stylistic matchup is like that, like the nightmare it was for everybody else in that division. It seems to be the case for Makachev.
1: When you look at this, and again from a handicapping perspective, I, I guess a lot of people don't really look at the catch weight that often, right? It's supposed to be, you know, lightweights at 155, but because yeah. this is Bobby Green taking in on short notice, he's going to come in. And we assume around 158. Makachev doesn't have to cut the weight the extra weight to get down to 55. Does that factor in at all? Or is that really inside the weeds for fight guys like ourselves?
2: I don't think it's going to factor in all that much. I mean, Bobby Green has had some difficulties cutting weight in the past as well. So for him to make weight on short notice says a lot. I mean, he's definitely focused, ready to go, even at at that catchweight price. And again, it's always going to be a difficult time for Makachev because he's obviously not a small guy in in the division either, right? So the weight cuts, I think they're both professionals. They both got it down pat. I don't think it's going to be too much of a concern.
1: So now... When people that are, are might shy away from weighing the nine dollars with Makachev, right? Then yeah. they're going to start looking at other prop ways to possibly get this number down a little bit. Are you seeing two and a half is what I've seen here, uh, pretty much market wide for the over/under and pretty even money. I'm seeing yeah. ma- minus one hundred five right now for the over, uh, minus one fifteen for the under, or minus one one twenty five rather for the under here. Are you seeing any action coming on this? If they want to shy away from the side,
2: right now it seems to be trending a little bit more towards under two and a half rounds. I, I think. The narrative again here is as the fight progresses a little bit, Makachev has the better submission game, the better ground game. A lot of people are thinking he will get that spot, that opportunity to win by submission on the ground. So I think that's why you're seeing people coming in basically on the under two and a half rounds right now. But I do think we'll see some sharps kind of take a stab at that over as well.
1: What what would be a liability here? Because you look at Bobby Green and obviously submission is the one you go, well, that's the biggest long shot on the board at 35 to one decision. This is a five round, you know, non-title bout here, but it is a main event. So 14 to 1 there, but you're already getting long odds on Bobby Green anyway. I gotta think that TKO if you're a Bobby Green backer, TKO KO, DQ, is the best scenario for him to pull the big upset at twelve to one. Any do you think that's where the action for the Bobby Greenbackers comes in? Yeah,
2: I believe so. Like you said, it's kind of throw that sub out the window completely. I mean, he's right. got a good defensive ground game. He doesn't use offensively as much as we like to see, so you could kind of throw that out the window. But between TKO and decision, I think, is where you want to look at, it. and probably more so TKO, because if he gets this done, it's probably going to be a stun in stunning fashion, right? So he's probably going to knock him out if he gets it done. On the scorecards, I think he'll be more competitive if it does reach that far, right, more competitive than people think, but I still think that he's up against it on the cards.
1: And I, when you look at sub for Makachev here, right, and right. this is where you get into the Habib conversation, 21-1, get this fight down to the ground, drag you down, and hopefully get the tired guy out that just right. fought in there a couple weeks ago. Minus 110. To me, that would seem like the more attractive play instead of obviously laying the big number, the $9 on Makachev.
2: Yes, that's going to be the attractive prop play for sure on Makachev. There's no doubt about it because look what you just said. I mean, look, Bobby Green has conditioning. He's got cardio, but in a Poor. five-round fight... As we get into round two, round three, the kind of that sweet spot a little bit. I mean, you start to wear down, and that's where Makashev could possibly take over. So I think that's everybody's going to target that kind of prop. Instead of laying that 900, they're going to look at Makashev by submission.
1: You know, it's interesting, too, Nick, because you, when you mention it with Habib in that context, when you're putting in fighters kind of from from Habib's stable, if you will, right. are people jumping to bet them because they go, oh, my goodness, there's never going to be another right. Khabib. But boy, when you look at Makachev on paper in 21-1, it's hard to, to shy away from the obvious that this could be, you don't want to say the second coming, but he does feel like an heir apparent in a way.
2: Yes, no doubt about it. And I think his whole camp gets that kind of respect because they, they know the quality. I mean, one of the greatest of all time at Khabib. So that kind of does, sh- iron sharpens iron, that yeah. old saying. It's true, right? I mean, the better training partners you have, the better coaching you have, it does show, it does pay off. So I think a lot of people automatically, when you see Khabib in the corner, you're going to get some action. You know, people believe in them a little bit more. There's definitely that more secure feeling when you have those type of fighters.
1: Yeah, so again, if you're a Bobby Green backer, and who doesn't love Bobby Green? As you mentioned, right. King Green getting this long overdue to get this main event, but boy, oh boy. Hey, you asked for it, you're going to get it. You're going to get uh, Islam Makachev. This is going to be uh, one whale of an opportunity for Bobby Green. Let's see how it plays out, but you can understand why he's the $6 uh, betting underdog here. Let's talk about the co-main event here, Misha off against Wellington Terman, and a much closer fight on paper in this three-round non-title bout. Are you seeing action come in, in which way so far?
2: Yeah, a lot of Sharps are back in right in, in this spot here. I'm not really that surprised. I, th- I think on paper and what he's done in the Octagon... As a career so far, I think he should be a very slight favorite. But the trust factor for me on both sides of this, I mean, defensively, these gentlemen are both very flawed. So it's hard for me to actually back or trust any one of these fighters in this particular spot. Should be a fun fight. Both have finishing ability. But again, defensively, it's it's kind of where I'm concerned about. So we have seen that sharp action come in on Sirkunov, but we're seeing some resistance back the other way. So the line's not starting to fly Sirkunov's way.
1: You know, and you look at the age difference here in the nine years age difference. I wonder how many, maybe the sharp side so far... Uh, is coming in on the favorite, but I wonder if people look at that and they go, Wait a minute, nine years. You mean the younger fighter here in a relatively close fight, at least up with the odds? Might you see more resistance come in as the week, as the day goes on?
2: I think so. I think that, and again, Terman's is kind of one of these guys that still has a little bit more of a ceiling, so to speak, but. I think, again, both of these guys, their performances in the past, especially defensively, has kind of raised a lot of question marks. But I do think the age always comes into play, mm-hmm. and people do like to fade older fighters. They the do. better fighters a lot, right? Yeah. And more times than not, it's going to come through, you know, depending on the stylistic matchup. Matchups are everything, of course. But in a case like this, I think we will see people backing the younger fighter.
1: Yeah, I always say, you know, hey, just because we're getting older, don't always bet against exactly us. But maybe right? in the fight game, it's a better way to go. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of the other fights here in the main card. We got Cachuera taking on uh, Ji Young Kim. Kim right now, minus 160. Cachuera 140. Any any numbers coming in here so
2: far? Yeah, we got some sharp bites on the dog, and the market has come down a little bit, agreeing with that side. And I, I think it's right. Stylistically, again, I think Kim is the more technical fighter, right? That's what people are going to fall in love with her striking, her ability to kind of throw clean technique and, and impress on the scorecards for sure. But Cachuera on the other side of it, she's kind of more of that brawler. She's kind of the one throwing some really mm-hmm. big bombs. And, and Kim doesn't want to get this fight to the floor more times than not. So I think Cachuera, stylistically, it's a good matchup for her. That's why we're seeing sharps better.
1: On the undercard, there is a fight that stands out to me that I wonder if you're seeing action in, and that is Terrence McKinney. He's got one of the quickest finishes in the history of the UFC. I believe it was about seven seconds. Uh, And then he'd been injured, but he's back in there. Ferris Ziam right now, Ziam right at rather, is minus 120 against uh, McKinney from Chicago at plus 100. You seeing any,
2: any value coming in so far, McKinney? These guys are both finishers. This is going to be a fun fight, probably one of the sleeper fights on the card, really. So early on, it was Zium getting bet up a little bit. Now we're seeing that actually come back towards McKinney. So a pick type of fight, it's, it's kind of right, I think, in this spot because, again, both these guys do have some defensive concerns. Offensively, they get it done, man. I mean, that's why it's going to be so fun because there's going to be fireworks in this fight.
1: Yeah, I look at that fight. And you go, you know, the sneaky fights that you try to look for in the undercard, and you go, this this fight's really got a shot. Uh, also on your on your show on ESPN, what other fights have you guys kind of diagrammed to say, yeah, this is going to get a uh, probably one that you don't want to miss either?
2: Well, for this particular uh, show event, we don't have a show. Okay, we, we are preparing for UFC uh, 272 next week. So on Thursday, we're going to be live. 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern on UFC Fight Pass. So make sure you tune in. We'll have all the best bets for UFC 272. We didn't touch on this card as of yet.
1: All right, so again, you you look at the uh, the main card here and you can understand why a lot of the action coming in on the main and the co-main so far. But again, as we get closer, I think as the fight fans start to evolve a little bit, and yes, UFC 272 a week away, that's going to draw a lot of the attention. Again, are you seeing a lot of fights uh, a lot of money come in during the week, or is it really on fight day that you're still going to see it?
2: We're going to see it more so on, on uh, the day before and on fight day. That's when the majority of the action comes in, even from a lot of sharp bettors as well. Recreational bettors, of course, are going to bet more so on those days. But through the week, what you see is just these spots that you might have some heavy, sharp action come in in, in certain points, right? Mm-hmm. But then again, more of the recreational and, and the public action does come in more so on fight
1: day. Alright, so again, can't wait. And again, this fight was initially supposed to be uh, Rafael uh, Fazeev against Rafael dos Anjos, and then that fight got canceled because RDA, of course, They'll be back in action at 272. That, that was last week's, right? So they'll be going on at UFC 272. Cannot wait for that card. All right, Nick, it's going to be a lot of fun. I know you're going to have a very busy week, but uh, not just with this one, but looking ahead to 272. So we'll check you out on UFC Fight Pass as well. Okay, much more to get to right here on First Strike. Again, Lou Finnecaro is going to join us in the next block. Jordan Sherwood from Chicago. And then Reed Kuhn is going to break it down analytically to see if we can find the very best numbers for you. It is... First Strike, right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week.
1: DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and you're going to be able to bet on more than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and futures for MMA events. Eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Dave Ross back here. First Strike joined once again by Lou Finicaro. Follow him on Twitter, as I do, at GAMLOU. Has a great podcast that we'll get to in a little bit about business podcast, because he is always about business and cashing winners on UFC Fight Cards. Lou, let's talk about this one uh, coming up on Saturday night, UFC Apex right here in Vegas. And uh, you look at Armand Sarukian against Joel Alvarez. Alvarez plus 180 here, Sarukian minus 220. I know you have a propensity to go for the dogs. Might this dog be biting?
4: This dog uh, is a dog that is a cheater, and is always angling for advantage. No, I am not. Now, while Alvarez has a a, a couple of really great recent fights, he also has uh, some physical st- uh, attributes. That, that make it easy to think he's going to be a live dog. He's five inches the taller man. He's got a uh, reach advantage, and he completely demolished Moises in his last fight. Meanwhile, on the other side of the cage, you see Armin Sarukian. He happens to be ranked 13th in the, the division. His only pro loss is Ben Tamakachev, who is in the main event tonight mm-hmm. and on his way to a championship uh, opportunity. Sarukian wants that fight back with him. It was a close decision. And in this fight, Alvarez, who missed 155 in his last two fights, actually made the way, which was the trigger for me to jump Sarukian. Sarukian opens 340. He drops to 220 on everyone chasing the dog. And I can see from recency why they would. But we got to tear the onion down a little bit, a few more layers, and find out that Sarukian is going to have to withstand a furious first round. And after that first round, Alvarez is going to show the signs of being a fighter that needs to be fighting at 170. He's going to start to draw out. He's going to lose his zip, and Sarukian, in my opinion, is going to dominate him. I like Sarukian via decision Ooh. plus 175 in this fight. All right, plus there
1: it is, because I knew you always find the best way to find and maximize that value. So plus 175 for Sarukian to get a decision. I can get it here at DraftKings plus 180, even better. Uh, again, take KOT, KODQ plus 200, sub you don't think that's the scenario there that's why it's it's eight to one that Sarukian can get that that win that way but a win by finish is plus 165 to go to the decision plus 180. now i'm with you Lou when you look at Sarukian here and you talk about the class in the lightweight division when you your only loss there is to the guy that we think is the heir apparent in the division that that's pretty impressive pedigree right there so maybe Alvarez uh, biting off a little bit more than he can chew. Uh, Terrence McKinney is a very interesting guy from my old neck of the woods there in Chicago, Illinois. And right now against Farrah Ziam, he is a plus $1 here against Ziam, who's minus 120. Basically, a pick and fight that we're seeing on this one here. Two guys that we believe, Lou, have potential staying power in this division. What do you make of this matchup? And do you think that there's uh, uh, any value here on the American?
4: No, I do not. Though the Americans last 10 fights have all finished in the first round, eight of them wins, two of them losses. Uh, I think he's in against a guy in Zion that's going to be again, three inches, the taller man with two inch reach arms and legs. Uh, Zion is a little more deliberate. He's not as flashy. And he too, is going to have to withstand the furious first round that is Terence McKinney. However, we haven't seen McKinney have to compete past the first round. Ziam's going to make him do that, and for that reason, am that open minus one thirty-five has come down to minus one fifteen or close to pick. Be patient on this one because they like McKinney. Let them go take McKinney. That'll present us with a well-better opportunity was I am who I believe will win this fight. You know, Lou, it's
1: interesting, too, that, you know, taking McKinney a little bit and stretching him out more than he's accustomed to here, the total rounds here, two-and-a-half in a three-round fight, the over, plus 125, people expect this one to be a little bit quicker. Is there any value there possibly in, in making this fight go over that two-and-a-half at plus money, or do you think eventually that uh, McKinney might tire out and get stopped before we get to that finish?
4: Yeah, I have the two and a half opening at mine under minus one twenty. Now the under minus one forty, at least where I'm tracking. Mm -hmm. And so with that under that, that I think, is consistent with those that like McKinney thinking that they're going to he's going to be able to touch as I am. I happen to respectfully disagree.
1: Okay, let's see how that one plays out. But that's going to be a very interesting firefight. Uh, we expect that to be a firefight at least. Let's go to the to the top of the card here. And obviously, when you've got a catch weight, I think everybody in, in mixed martial arts circles go, hey, we just love seeing Bobby Green get a shine, uh, get his, 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 his you know time as a as a main event here. But then you throw him in with this on Makachev. My goodness, good luck. You just fought two weeks ago. you looked really good, and now you get a guy. You Know 21 and 1 and Makachev here. You got to fight at this catchweight bout. First of all, when you watch these guys on the scale and not having to make the 155, Lou, is there an advantage either way for Bobby on short rest, or you say, Oh, Makachev doesn't have to cut down to the full 155 now?
4: There, 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 in no way is there any angle where Bobby Green has advantage here. Two weeks ago, uh, he was walking around at 195, so in 10 days. Or 11 days he had to go from 195 to 158 where he weighed today. It's impressive that he made the weight. It's more impressive he took the fight because those ranked above him all ran like cockroaches when you turn <laughs> on a light for the corner they all ran away. No one wants makachev. Bobby Green has fortitude. He's not afraid he's from the street but he doesn't have a real chance in this fight. Based on the fact that he fought just two weeks ago, he has had no time to prepare for this man and the drastic weight cut in such a short amount of time. Bobby Green's got, I would liken this fight to Masvidal and, um, the wrestler that he knocked out running across the ring, uh, Ben Askren, okay? Bobby Green has a round to try and hit Makachev before he gets completely rubbed out on the ground. The way I will attack this is put a milk money bet on Bobby Green in round one, Bobby Green in round two, both are 2,500 underdogs. Whew. But those are milk money bets. This is not a fight I'm looking to invest in because Bobby Green doesn't really have a capable chance to win. He has a reasonable chance to win a lot of respect.
1: I am. I'm totally with you on that handicap. Again, talking with Lou Finnecaro. Follow him on Twitter, at GamBlue, which I do. And, Lou, when you look at the co-main event here, Misha Serkinov is going to take on Wellington Turman. Terman right now. Plus 100, we're seeing about minus uh, 120 the other way. Very, it, it feels like an even fight in the three-round uh, co-main event here. What do you make of this matchup here at 185 pounds?
4: Serkinov used to fight at 205. He couldn't get it done there. He was a little chinny, meaning he had a tendency to get hit and go out. We moved to 185 and he had a lackluster performer performance against a good top Fifteen fighter. Now they serve him up a guy in Terman that's really a journeyman fighter, and that he comes a pick. Circano's the bigger man. He, he's statuesque. He's thick. He's big. He's huge. Uh, but I think Terman's going to stand there and trade with him again. Not a fight. I think there's any value in it all unless you're looking at Terman. All right. Give me one fight
1: that you really like that might be a sneaky fight. Uh, at least from an, a handicapping standpoint that we haven't discussed yet. Anything that you really do like, either on the undercard or on the uh, main event card?
4: Absolutely. Do not be late on the first fight. A kid from Mexico City fighting a kid that lives in Texas that's from Mexico, 225-2. 125 pound flyweight's going to get in the octagon and they are go- this is Mexican pride. These guys are going to throw it down. Carlos Hernandez fights on one side and Victor uh, Altamirano on the other. I happen to favor Altamirano. This fight opened close to a pick, and we've seen money come in on Hernandez, who, uh, uh, as I look through his past fights and body of work, I just don't see it. I like Altamirano here a little bit, but I really would encourage people to watch this fight because it's going to be a barn burner.
1: All right, I'm going to be right here at Circa on Saturday, and when I get done with uh, the show, I'm going to put that on to make sure I do not miss that first fight of the night. Hey, Lou, tell them about the About Business podcast. Got about 30 seconds to go, what they get on the About Business podcast.
4: The About Business podcast is 16 minutes of my final releases for each UFC card. It drops Friday afternoons. I uh, would invite you to all listen to it. And, Dave, thanks so much for having me on this wonderful show.
1: Always look forward to catching up with you each and every week. There he is, everybody, Lou Finicaro. Again, follow him on Twitter, at GamLou. When we come back, Jordan Sherwood is going to join us from Chicago. It is First Strike right here on V C and the Sports Betting Network. Want more betting insights to give you an edge? Well, check out VEASAN's Best Bets Podcast. You can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24-7 stream of VEASAN experts, tracking the line moves, odds, props, wins, losses, and bad beats from sportsbooks in Vegas and across the country. Download the VEASAN Best Bets Podcast now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Always great here on First Strike to be joined each and every week. By Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter as I do at WoodOn1063. And he has a new podcast that we're going to discuss here in just a moment. But Jordan, let's get right to it here when we look at this card here. And obviously, we got UFC 272 coming up next week. But this week, UFC fight night with Makachev against Bobby Green, as he's going to be in the limelight. We'll talk about that fight in a minute. But I did want to start off with the uh, uh, Brahimaj against Gilmore fight. And these names sometimes, I apologize to the families at home, but we know that Brahimaj is an exciting fighter to watch. Gilmore right now, the over-under, you like the under in this one, and it's juiced heavily here at minus 140. Why do you think this fight might be quicker here in the Vegas night?
5: I just think that Gilmore is going to be a fish out of water when uh, this fight goes to the ground. And I eventually seen it go to the ground and, and go to the ground rather quickly. You know, Gilmore own two in the UFC. He got submitted rather quickly uh, in his, I think first opponent, first appearance. Then he got uh, you know knocked out uh, via TKO in the third round of his second appearance uh, and he's got issues on the ground. And that's where Brian Maj is just, uh, you know, on dynamo and is extremely successful. So I think it's going to be kind of a, a quick fight. And I would suggest that not only that that prop that via submission win uh, is in play, but a first round uh, submission win Ooh. should be in play as well. Because yeah, Gilmore just really struggles off of his back when the fight gets taken to the ground. I think Brahma is not going to you know risk being in a stand up fight against Gilmore. Get the fight to the ground, get it early, uh, and, and likely get get Gilmore out of there rather quickly.
1: You know, speaking of getting people out of there rather quickly, that's when we see Zion against McKinney and Terrence's last fight out, and it's been a minute because he got hurt after the fight. What it was about seven, eight seconds? Fight over, us making some history here. Plus 100, plus 110. We're seeing at some different shops here for the American. What do you make of this fight? And you think it's another quick night here instead of maybe one that uh, people might think might be prolonged? Because right now the under is juiced minus 145, so plus money to take the over.
5: Well, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why it's it's juiced to the under. It's because McKinney has three KOs and a combined a minute 45 uh, worth of uh, you know cage time, including that seven second knockout you just alluded to with Matt Frivola and you know his last time out. I can't figure out why McKinney is an underdog. I- I'm trying to you know look. Saim is a good fighter, uh, but he's tentative. He's a he little bit slow starter and succumbs to pressure. And I-, I think will also be vulnerable to the takedowns of McKinney isn't having success on his feet. So I'm shocked that McKinney still is an underdog as we get closer now, you know, 24 hours away from, from the fight. So I'm definitely suggesting McKinney. And I, and I think that you certainly have to look at the under just on the way that McKinney has been able to finish the last couple of opponents in the last couple of times that he's been in the cage. Plus the fact too, he's training with Glover over that doesn't hurt, you know, uh, being yeah. schooled by the light current light heavyweight champion of the world. But I will say this, I have been saying this about it. I don't want to go on either side Uh, of, of a fight. Like I'm playing McKinney. That is my play for tomorrow night. But I will say this Zayim is a guy that probably a little bit of a slow starter and we haven't really seen McKinney go a hard three rounds. So I I don't know if I'm trustworthy yet on his cardio. So might be a live bet. If McKinney can't get Zayim out of there early, you play Zayim midway through the fight. but. As I mentioned, I think this will be a rather quick fight. I think McKinney is going to overwhelm Zayim and get the victory, get the finish. So I like Terrence McKinney uh, to continue his win streak tomorrow night. Well, Jordan,
1: I think it's an excellent handicap because, again, for, for a guy that does not get taken into deep water in McKinney, he's going to come out you know, blazing. That's just the way he does. And Zayim's a little bit of a slow starter, as you alluded to. He could get caught early. But if that scenario doesn't happen, see how the cardio is after one round. Look at those live odds, and maybe you can hop in there if McKenney doesn't get it done early. I'm with you on that. When you look at the main event here, and you look at Bobby Green and a catchweight fight against Makachev, you know, it's it's tough, and you can understand why Makachev is minus $9, Bobby Green plus 600 on the comeback, why these odds are the way they are with Bobby fighting just two weeks ago. And look, even though he's dominant in his win, it still did go the distance, the full three rounds here, and now you're right back in there against a the guy at 21-1 that could be the heir apparent in this division. Can you make any case for Bobby Green other than we just love to watch him and everybody roots for him? But it just feels like an, an extremely uphill battle.
5: Uh, yeah, it's an extremely uphill battle. I mean, I guess the argument for Bobby Green is that Islam Makachev was not preparing for Bobby Green. He was preparing for Benil Dariush, who's got really good stand up. But at the end of the day, Benil Dariush is is far well known more for his, uh, you know, jujitsu game and his grappling. Um, Bobby Green's a guy that's a boxer, a guy that's going, has good takedown defense and has, you know, very strong cardio uh, and is a difficult fighter to to take down and is a difficult fighter to finish. So. Um, it will be difficult for Islam Makachev to kind of like you know prepare for Bobby Green in, in that elk. But you're right. I mean, Islam Makachev is Habib Nurmagomedov 2.0. Habib's going to be in his corner, I, I do believe, tomorrow mm-hmm. night. Uh, and this is a guy that yeah, it's supposed to be the heir apparent at, at lightweight. But there's look, Bobby Green is surging. And he's a guy also that rarely gets finished. Yeah, he got—he was finished by Dustin Poirier. It's the only time he's ever been finished in the UFC. He rarely gets submitted. I think the last time that he got submitted was was 2013. So yeah, been quite some time since Bobby green's gotten finished. So yeah, I think this is going to be a tougher fight and I'm actually surprised right now. Even the over at one and a half is, is, is minus $2. I'm shocked by that just because Bobby green is such a tough out and, and is Yeah. Has been finishing guys the last two fights, uh, but prior to that, he's not a finisher. He's a guy that just grinds you for three rounds and gets a unanimous decision victory. So I love the over in this fight, probably playing into the second, third, fourth, even to the championship rounds. Uh, just because of the tough out that Bobby Green is and the game plan that Makachev is probably going to bring not having a game plan. He's just going to have to be who he is, and that's a wrestler, that's a grappler, It's a guy to grind you out.
1: Well, there it is, too. So you mentioned the minus $2 there for a round and a half. If you want to go one more round to two and a half, minus 105. So Bobby's going to have to defend those takedowns. We understand that. Uh, to win by, by decision, by the way, from Makachev uh, would be plus 330. How about that? Do you think there's any value there that Bobby, with his toughness, and his durability can at least make it all five rounds in this non-title fight, even if you don't think he can yeah, win the fight. Absolutely,
5: right? Maybe you can find some
1: yes, value absolutely. there in Makachev. right?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Because again, Makachev's a guy that has been decisioning guys, and look, yeah, he took Dan Hooker down and you know nearly ripped his arm off. But you know, <laughs> you know, prior to, to to the recent streak that he's been on, the guy is you know like GSP, like you know he's just like you know controlling fights, being in any advantageous position. Now, granted, like. Islamakachov like wants a title shot, and if he beats Bobby, if he beats Bobby Green, he doesn't deserve a title shot. But if he finishes Bobby Green, if he looks out there and completely like you know dismantles Bobby Green, a guy that's not in the top 15 in the lightweight division and is taking this fight on short notice, but is a guy that never gets finished, well then maybe you make that argument. So Islamakachov could 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 bark all he wants about being next in line for a title shot. A win over Benil Dariush would have gotten him there. A win over Bobby Green, just a win. No, he's not getting a title shot, at least in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think it's a very fair uh, argument to be made there for what would be next, and depending on how, if he does get that victory over Bobby Green, how that goes. I like when you have opinions on fights, Jordan, so I want to get one from you from Armin uh, Petrosian against uh, Gregory Rodriguez here. Petrosian right now, plus 135, Rodriguez minus 155. What's your opinion on this fight?
5: Yeah, I just think that Rodriguez is just going to be a little bit better and you know be able to get this fight to the ground where he's going to be the dominant fighter. And he's a little bit robotic in his standup, but I think Petrosian's is going to, you know, you know, struggle a little bit with that. Uh, you know, he, he is on a, he's making his UFC debut. He was, you know, a guy that's coming out of the contender series, but Rodriguez is two and in the UFC. Uh, and Petrosian's, you know, background is in Muay Thai, so I'm definitely understanding the fact that maybe he'll utilize that, use some precision and angles to, to win a stand-up game. But Rodriguez is, is strong, extremely strong on the ground. He's got some really good takedowns, dirty boxing as well. He's 4-0, uh, you know, last year, and I think does have underrated striking and also potentially some underrated cardio. So I do have a strong, lean, if you will, on Gregory Rodriguez continuing his win streak.
1: All right, Jonathan uh, Martinez against Alejandro Perez. You've got an opinion on this fight as well. Uh, Martinez minus 220 in this fight. Could there be an upset or do you think this is one-way traffic?
5: Well, I mean, if if Perez gets the fight to the ground, then, yeah, certainly there could be an upset, uh, you know, because – Perez is extremely durable, uh, and he's also got some good good submission skills. We saw that in his last victory over Jenny, Johnny Eduardo. So a very good ground game. And you know, look, he had a seven fight win streak until he landed to Corey Stamen and Song Yadong. You know, and, and those guys are two strong bantamweights. This fights at featherweight, and it's really interesting because they agreed to fight at featherweight midway. Uh, you know, about what six six days ago, when Jonathan <laughs> Martinez, I guess, wasn't going to be able to make the bantamweight limit. So. You know, deciding on that now and not forcing Jonathan Martinez to have to go through the weight cut, I, I like it even further. I think Jonathan Martinez has a strong enough stand up, outstanding leg kicks, and good takedown defense enough uh, to 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 get this fight uh, in his favor. Alejandro Perez is a tough out, so that's why I like Martinez and the decision. So I'll take the prop on the decision win for Martinez. You
1: got about 20 seconds. The unnamed MMA podcast on ESPN Chicago. were well, you guys ever going to name yeah. it, or is that the name?
5: Yeah, no no, no, no. Just go with it. You know, we just got the same type of information and more for every single UFC fight card. Me and Adam up Dallas. So check it out at ESPN Chicago. All right,
1: you gotta give it a listen. Hey, really appreciate the information as always, Jordan Sherwood. When we come back, Reed Coons gonna join the program. It is First Strike right here on Leeson, the Sports Betting Network. compete for free with the Modelo Golden Ticket Challenge join 3 UFC contests to fight for your share of $20,000 in total cash and prizes plus find out if you're going to walk away with the Modelo Golden Ticket and claim 4 seats to every pay-per-view fight for an entire year head to draftkings.com/modelo now to get in on all the action Modelo the official beer partner of the UFC No purchase necessary. Must be 21 years of age or older. Terms, conditions, eligibility, and rules are at DraftKings.com. Please drink responsibly. My next guest, you can find him because he is the author of Fightnomics, and you can follow him at the same handle at Fightnomics. He is Reed Kuhn, and always a pleasure to have Reed back on the program here. Reed, you know, it's interesting because normally we always talk sides with you, and totals are something that's been new to your models. And I know this year here in 2022, the models – have been very predictive and so far very profitable. Tell the people about that, how you kind of expanded out what you've been doing for so many years to now include those totals, and again, very profitable so far.
6: Yeah, it's uh, kind of the same approach as we approach sides. We're looking at biographical data, we're looking at performance data, and then, of course, we're weighing that against what the market odds are. And we're looking for situations where we don't agree with the price, essentially. And that's what betting comes down to, right? You're Mm -hmm. trying to find an edge on what the market believes and say, I disagree and I disagree a lot or maybe a little. So we're doing the exact same thing. It's just a matter of training up, uh, looking at historicals and seeing what the prices were and being able to match it all to the system that you use going forward. So in order to predict the future, you have to look at the past and you need to line those things up using the same inputs. So that's really the the nuts and bolts of it. Um, The models themselves are... Somewhat of a black box. You you crank the you turn the crank and you hope it comes out with a good answer. But after a long period of time, you tend to trust that there's a good answer there. So that is the methodology. Right now, we're focused on the men's divisions below light heavyweight. Probably expand to the women's divisions next because those upper weight classes in the men's divisions tend to be a little wonky and also small sample size. Yeah,
1: you know, no question about it. But Reed, let's start right there then, because hopefully this would fit into the models. But I'm always curious whenever you have a catch weight and how much. Uh, the models can can kind of try to just you know decipher what we might see on Saturday night when you look at Makachev against Bobby Green here, uh, and again Islam here minus nine dollars, Bobby Green plus six dollars on the comeback, and again the total actually intrigues me a little bit more than maybe the fight because you can understand why Makachev is such a huge favorite here. First of all, are you seeing any models that might suggest that Bobby could be the long shot play here, and or? Do you steer more towards the the total here because we're seeing one and a half, two and a half, depending on if you think just the two week, you know, he just fought two weeks ago, if that's going to play into it. What are the models showing in this main event contest?
6: Yeah, the our data is up to date in the sense that we actually have Bobby Green's most recent fight, which wasn't that long ago. And sometimes (laughs) I might be caught flat footed and not be ready to do that or have to have to wonder about excluding it. But in this case, we are up to date, and we're ignoring the fact that this is a short turnaround for him. We're ignoring the fact that this is a, a weird catch weight situation. We're just looking at what would we normally do based on this current market price. And we have a massive, massive steep price for the favorite, um, one that you know just probabilistically you almost never see mathematically a cage fight where someone has a greater than 90 percent chance of winning. which is very rare. I mean, this is this is a sport where one punch matters, it can end a fight, there have been big upsets. So you just don't want to go there. And so this is a situation where you're either going to pass or you just say, yes, I agree with Makashev being a massive favorite and I will use him for parlays or whatever else. Uh, on the total side, I actually do kind of agree with the prices as they are. We have five rounds. The likelihood of an eventual finish is fairly high, but kind of in line with where the odds are. Um, here's a Here's an interesting angle. If you're thinking about Bobby Green, it's probably an upset via stoppage. That does happen. If you look up at the biggest upsets in UFC history, they were usually by stoppage because you're evaluating two fighters and are like, well, this is going to be a slam dunk for one of them, but they get caught. They get caught by something, whether it's a strike or a submission. But usually the odds are predictive in terms of who's going to be winning the rounds uh, and who has the overall advantage. And we agree with Makashev. So. If you're betting, if you're in in any way tempted to bet Green for the big upset and look at that big GC return, consider a finish. Uh, Because if he does get it, it's probably a lucky strike that puts it away.
1: Yeah, agreed completely. If you're a backer of Bobby Green, and you got to think because the gas tank and the cardio just fighting two weeks ago in a unanimous decision, easy victory in three rounds, he's going to come out hellbent to try to get a shot. You can't imagine that he wants to take this. In deep water. So I think to that point, that's good rationale. If you really want to find the ultimate value, twelve to one is what we're seeing here. KO, TKO, or DQ for Bobby Green to score that huge upset. So I think it's very good advice there. Uh, let's look at the co-main event here with a uh, circuit off against Terman here. And right now we're seeing minus one twenty for Misha in Wellington right now, plus one dollar. What do you make of this
6: matchup? What are the models showing here? Yeah, this one is interesting. You have two guys who like to be wrestlers. Um, Sirkinov has been slightly more successful with that, but when they're on their feet, they actually match up fairly similarly. Uh, both guys have been dropped a few times. Um, so we don't see indications of a lot of power, but this is middleweight. I mean, you should have some power there. <laughs> um, Sirkinov being the rangier guy. He's also much older. I don't know if he wants to get in a firefight with a much younger opponent, uh, who, who's young spry. He, he we haven't seen the power yet, but I'm sure it's there. Um, Terman, for, for what it's worth, at range, doesn't have very good defense. He tends to get hit a lot, and Sirkinov is very accurate with his strikes, and so that could be interesting dynamic on the feet. But really, I'm expecting a lot of cage time, a lot of grappling time, and I'm hoping that Sirkinov has the edge here. I'm leaning his way. I see value in the line. His age doesn't concern me as much if he turns this into a grappling fight. Um, because otherwise you might be worried about the chin, and that is that is a real concern here. But I'm leaning with Sirkinov and I'm also leaning the over. I'm hoping this turns into a grinder one way or the other.
1: There you go, over right now, minus 165. You can understand why it's juiced there for the round and a half to get over that total of seven and a half minutes here in a three-round fight, possibly going uh, that way. So I can understand those numbers as well. Let's go to Kachoeira against Kim here. Uh, Kim right now, minus 160, uh, plus 140 For the underdog, what do you make here as we move to our first women's fight of the night?
6: Yeah, this is interesting. I I was looking at a particular stat. Sometimes you hear me refer to head strike defense. Uh, And that's a particular stat I look at specifically when it comes to power hands. Like how many power shots do you actually avoid versus getting hit? Now, average is somewhere around the 70% range. You should be avoiding 70% of those strikes. Uh, Cachoeira is the lowest by this metric across the entire fight card, way down at 54%. She's basically eating almost half of all big strikes that come her way. And that is a bad, bad thing, (laughs) especially when you're fighting someone who has a 7-inch reach advantage um, on the feet. And these two, uh, you know, Kim does like to stay on the feet. She keeps it there. Yeah, uh, three quarters of the time, not even including the clinch, which is another twenty percent. So she's actually on the ground very, very little. So I think Kim wants to keep this on the feet. She's going to have a range advantage. She's going to have an accuracy advantage, and hopefully she's not eating quite as many shots as Cachuera. So uh, this is a situation I'm I'm leaning with the favorite here. I think there's still some value in supporting her.
1: All right, talking with Reed Coon. Got a couple minutes to go. Again, follow him on Twitter at Fightnomics. Let's talk about uh, Sarukian against Alvarez here. Sarukian minus two twenty. Joel, plus 180 models showing a potential for an upset, or is this again one way traffic?
6: I'm going with Sarukian. I think it is uh, a, a situation where I back the favorite. It does make me nervous. So we have a strange style matchup here. We have Sarukian, who loves to wrestle. He spends the majority of his time on the mat just dominating people. Um, and if Islam Makashev weren't on this card, you would say Sarukian is probably the best grappler, best wrestler, offensive wrestler on the card in terms of maintaining control. Alvarez, when I first looked at it, had zero ground metrics in terms of like positive metrics. Like He didn't go for any takedowns, he hasn't landed any. Um, His share of ground control was minimal, like almost zero, you rarely see that. Hmm. But it's because he is so confident fighting off his back. He essentially lets people take him down. And so he does have kind of an aggressive striking style that might be to fluster people and get them to shoot for a takedown, he lets himself get taken down, and then he goes for chokes and submissions. Mm. And most of his victories have come that way, by submission. So this is going to be kind of a wrestler versus submission artist type of grappling match, and that's a strange dynamic. So I'm hoping, at least based on what I'm going to be backing here, is that Starukian is going to be on top, in control, avoiding those submissions. And when you're avoiding submissions and on top, you're winning the round. So Alvarez might find him spot, himself in a spot like two rounds in where he's down on the cards, he's he really needs an upset or a submission, but submissions are pretty hard late in the game. So if he doesn't get it early, he's just going to get more tired, more sweaty, and Sarukian can probably just play to his game plan, which is probably just wrestling and lay and pray, ground and pound, uh, whatever it is. But um, Sarukian does have the chops of a very strong rapp- grappler. Really, his only loss was against Makashev in his debut. So. Um, since then, it's just been all domination. So I'm going to back the favorite here. All
1: right, Reed. Very quickly, are the models you already uh, hot and heavy for UFC two hundred and seventy two next week?
6: Loaded up, man. That is a stacked card. Going to be going deep on that one.
1: Cannot wait. There he is. Want to thank Reed Kuhn, Jordan Sherwood, Lou Carroll and Nick Kalikas for joining us here for First Strike right here on Meeson, the Sports Betting Network.